Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses, and this podcast is just us chatting every week about the reality of anything and everything property. So before we dig into what's been happening in our property businesses of late, I'd just like to say, please do visit thebusinessofproperty.com and click on the newsletter link and sign up for that. We will send you resources that we talk about, notifications of new episodes and and anything else we think looks exciting and interesting for property investors. We'd also really like it if you get in touch with us via at B-I-Z of property on Twitter. You can interact and, and chat and give us feedback on whatever we're talking about or whatever we don't talk about and what you'd like to hear more of. We'd, we'd really appreciate that. So updates on our property businesses. I think we're going to start with a, a property of Stuart's. Well, it's not a property of Stuart's, a property that Stuart was no. looking at, should I say. And we mentioned this a few episodes back. We'll, we'll link that in the show notes. And this, this was a, a property where there was a, a ground floor commercial and then an upper that was unused uh, as at the point Stuart was looking at it. The, the really interesting bit was that you couldn't actually get to the upper parts because they had taken the stairs out. So, Stuart, <laughs> you went back with your builder and a ladder. What did you find? As you can imagine, lots of empty space. <laughs> so, yeah, the downstairs is a tanning studio, a very nice one, just just been fitted out, actually. And the upstairs is essentially a, a derelict but empty shell of a building, which we potentially could convert into three flats. That's what I had planning permission for, but we would have looked at all aspects. Yeah, my builder and I walked around. The builder was concerned when I invited him to meet me outside a tanning studio. He wondered how far the relationship had progressed between us. I mean, we 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 are we do have a good relationship and we are close, but tanning together might have been a step too far. But the the challenge for us, and I think it is good that we talk about the the potential purchases that we didn't go for just because that again is part of our property business as we we make decisions now i had put together an offer for the property and it was lower than the asking price however the 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 big challenge we found was that without getting into too much detail the the commercial element obviously it was on on a main high street and the access is at the back However, the, the 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 property went all the way to the back road, which meant that you know anyone that was driving to to do anything at the property, if you parked there, you would be blocking the road. It was a single single track road, if you like, and the access to the property essentially you'd go up. We had to climb up a ladder to get up to the to the roof. Then you walk across a lot of a a flat t- uh, roof, and then into what would have been the apartment block itself and that needed a lot of smacking about i mean we were talking back to bricks and it, if it were not above a commercial premises and it were a house i i would have gone for it in a heartbeat because it was ready it was a complete empty shell but the challenge for us and the thought the thinking process for me was that the the asking price i wanted to go for took out some elements of the unknown unknowns that i like to talk about but this one there, there were a lot of unknowns that we were kind of estimating so we'd have had to got parking permits we'd have had to pay a lot of money for scaffolding to get access into the building itself and also you know the first thing we'd have to do was was build that access so yeah we'd have we'd have to build a set of stairs so this is all cost 
you know, and and of course, when you invite builders and tradespeople round to look at buildings like that, they're going to factor in the fact that this is a challenging property, and and rightly so, because it's not just walk up to the property, going and do your job. It's go to property, build a staircase, get all of my tools up there, and walk across this building. So you know, I think that would have added time, and of course, added time means added cost. So unfortunately, we decided not to proceed based on the fact that I think the costs would have been a lot higher than we were expecting. And the access was a concern for me just in terms of elongating the project itself. So essentially, it it was more complex than I wanted to do at this stage. And I think you'd need a a certain set of subcontractors that would be capable of of doing that sort of job. So unfortunately, we, we decided not to go for it. Yeah, I mean, just the access problem at the back. I mean, that that sounds difficult to me because I mean, if you've got builders working on site, there's going to be multiple vans involved, probably, especially if you've got equipment and materials being delivered and things like that. So, so yeah, I, I, I can imagine that being yeah difficult. Uh, to be honest, and and it, and that shouldn't be the only thing, but that that there was probably one of the things that that does play on my mind because at some stage, okay, fine, the builder can step back and let the electricians and the plumbers do what they need to do before we go and do the main works but like you say you've also got materials because you know we, we've essentially got uh, you know i can't remember the square footage but we're talking about you know two two bed flats and two one bed flats so you're talking about four properties so all of the plaster and at least you know people might listen to this and laugh but i've worked on just a five bed house and we had one room allocated for plaster alone so that was at the start of covid because we we just had to stockpile plaster and then I like, yeah, I just thought, okay, where, you know, okay, there was storage space. But again, it's just all of the stuff, you know, all of the timber because the roof needed, you know, the roof needed. So all of that stuff just led me to thinking we, we can't progress with that. So we've had to pull out, although we are now looking at another project, which we'll come on to. But unlike me, Simon, you have been able to proceed with a purchase and complete, as we spoke about on last week's episode. But you did mention staying on the theme of refurbishment, that the refurbishment was going to be different to what you originally thought it was. So what, what are the latest thoughts on, on the property you've completed on? So this is a property that obviously I've just completed on. So I viewed it around four months ago. And when, when I went to view it, it was a, uh, it's a two-bed terrace house that's on the regular market. And it was listed as being sort of perfectly okay there was no mention in the listing of it needing work or anything but when you go into this property it was occupied by someone who clearly smoked and had pets and while it wasn't it wasn't the worst house i've smelt it was certainly a a smelly house and it was in a bit of a mess it was a it was a bit dirty there was one room in particular we've talked about it before the ensuite was is is really in a bad shape and i looked around this and thought okay well clearly it needs a a really good thorough clean and then quite a lot of things are just going to be beyond cleaning and will need replacing and and obviously i went away and worked out my sort of estimated refurbishment costs and what would be be involved in that the the one thing that i i didn't really factor in which i really should have I have enough experience that I should have known this. But what I didn't factor in was that they had obviously put in a reasonable amount of effort to clean this house up for the viewing. And yet 
it was still a smelly house and it still was in a mess. And while they put in lots of effort to to clean it up and make it look as presentable as they could for the viewing, they haven't really put that effort in when they moved out. <laughs> so so this house, which I knew was was in a bit of a mess, is now in really quite a mess. <laughs> for example, the, the ensuite is is almost a write-off, but there's also a bathroom. And when I look around at the view, that was in in really nice shape. It was it'd been freshly cleaned. It looked looked good, and I mean, it looked like it, it basically wasn't used. Just the owner of the house is a, a single person, and I think they just didn't use the bathroom because they used the ensuite. And I thought that that would be be good. Bathrooms there, it's not really used. It would looked unused, and be be all great. However, either it has been used a bit or Somehow it's just sort of deteriorated on its own over over four months, but it's now not quite clean. The shower head is no longer attached to the shower hose. I don't quite know what happened there. That both parts are there, but they're not together. So <laughs> that's interesting. And there, there's lots of bits that just aren't quite as good as as I thought they were. And there's there, there are other bits that you just can't see as you're looking around i mean when you look around a property when you've done it a few times you you stop looking at sort of oh how how nice this room feels when you walk into it you actually look into the corners you look for the damp you look for the the watermarks you you look for things around the the skirting and and signs of holes and stuff and and work that's been done whatever but there are some things you can't do when you're looking around a house so, for example, this house has a big hole in one of the walls. It's right behind where the person's bed was. So, of course, there was a bed in the way. I couldn't see it. <laughs> but there's a sort of six inch by 12 inch, sort of two inch deep hole <laughs> in the wall. <laughs> and and obviously that's, that's going to need fixing. I mean, this is a, a plasterboard sort of wall because it's a fairly new new build. So it's, it's, it's not a disaster. It's not the end of the world to fix but it might need a new plasterboard sheet being put there rather than it being fixed because it's such a big hole to try and fill i, I don't know maybe, maybe it'd be covered but anyway and another thing one of the rooms there's there's a, a, a wall of built-in wardrobes you think fantastic built-in wardrobes storage the room's big enough to hold it and still have lots of, of usable space however having gone in now with that wardrobe empty I can have a look in there and see that there's a, a, a gangplank sitting in the middle of this cupboard. And you think, okay, that, that's fine. But where is this plugged in? Oh, the cable goes through a little hole into the back of the cupboard, or in the back of the cupboard. And, and this is not a, a, a sort of hole that's been cut out where you can see the, the socket. It is a cable-sized hole. This built-in wardrobe has been built around this cable and this, this gangplank. <laughs> and I cannot see where this cable goes. That there is no way to access where it goes. So I cannot see that socket. How am I going to get an EICR test done on this? The, the, the electrician has to have access to, to every socket. So I, I can now no longer leave this cupboard as is in this, in this property. On, on the other side of this same cupboard, there is another cable. 
I cannot see either end of this cable. It comes out of the back of the cupboard and goes back behind the cupboard. I've got no idea what it's doing. <laughs> so, so yes, this this lovely built-in cupboard that I thought was going to be be storage that could could stay and be used is actually going to have to be hacked around at least to some degree, just just to work out what the hell's going on behind it. They might all be funneled through to the neighbours. You might you might keep them. You know, they might all be plugged into the neighbours electrical power unit. <laughs> you, you never know. <laughs> I mean, stranger things have happened. <laughs> that's for sure. But but yeah. So. So, needless to say, I should have anticipated that this property would be slightly dirtier and need slightly more work than when I viewed it. But there are also some things that I think I, I'm fair enough in not anticipating. Yeah. But, but the, the summary is it, it's going to take a bit more work than I thought. You, you know, what I think about when I hear about things like this is it's the things that, because typically what most of us do is you just go, oh, bloody hell, and you just accept that this is the onus is now on you to sort that out. But I've experienced two sides of the equation where I sold a house where the, the, I think the purchase took six months, let's say that. When the purchasers moved in, about two weeks after they moved in, I got an email from the solicitor saying that some slats had fallen off the roof and what was I going to do about it? As in that's, the, that's what the, the buyer had put forward through the solicitor. And I said basically what do they want me to do about it because it's sort of their house and the other one which i kind of understood which was that the grass in that six months the grass had gone so this was a property that we developed i didn't live there although it was 20 minutes from the house and the grass had gone and, and they'd complained about that but essentially they were asking for some sort of recompense to have to sort those things out now legally those two things there were no grounds for that i don't believe at the time so i kind of went back to my solicitor and said look that's how we sold the property the reason the grass is long is because it took so long for the purchasing stroke conveyancing process to happen and a lot of that was on their side by the way so what do they want me to do and then obviously radio silence but i have had situations where there was a lot of mess left in a shed this that, and the other where i actually went back to the you know the property information form and other elements and said well hold on actually they can't leave this so anything i pay for we will get the the vendor to 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 recompense us for which we did is there anything like that that you know that you could look out for especially things like holes in walls that's very interesting actually because while i was assuming the the hole in the wall would probably just be something i have to have to deal with because i strongly suspect it was there when i looked at the house it's just couldn't see it and it's not the kind of thing that actually gets mentioned on the property information form there were some other things. So, for example, the property information form says that there are lights in all the rooms. However, the, the, the living room in this property, while it has light fittings in the ceiling, the actual cables and lights have been removed. Presumably, the, the previous owner had lamps or something that they used in this room. And, and hence, there, there is no lighting in the, in the living room. And, and that is not what it says on the property information form. Similarly, the property information form says there are window keys, and it turns out that there are not. There, there are windows with locks, but the previous owner claims not to have the keys for them. And as soon as they bought this property from new, I, I find this hard to believe, but presumably they have lost them over the years. And there's, there was also one window that no longer closed. The, the, the handle, the latch on it, had just 
well, it was no longer attached to the window. So you, you, you could not pull the window closed and you could not, you could not close it. Again, th this is something that was not the case when I viewed it because I would have noticed a, a window that <laughs> did not have a, a handle on it. And again, not mentioned in the, the property information form. That's all, all talks about windows all being, being fine. So maybe, maybe I would have some recompense. I'd, I'd be interested to hear your, your thoughts on this, actually. But I mean, even if we add all those things up, we're talking about a few hundred pounds, maybe, to, to get them all fixed. Yeah. And is it, it worth it? Well, and this is the interesting thing, isn't it? Because when we're spending hundreds of thousands of pounds, that's uh, the view, isn't it? Because relatively speaking, 100 pounds, 200 pounds isn't a lot. But actually in our own house, I think, you know, if that happened to one of my windows and the glazier came around and said, oh, that's going to be 250 quid, mate. I'm like, oh, bloody hell, you know, 250 quid out of the budget that we weren't expecting. So actually, it is worth it. And I think it's worth speaking with the solicitor just to say this is the case. And, and it's interesting because I'll be honest, the only thing I tend to look at, well, the key things I look at when I'm walking around properties are I'm looking for damp or any signs of damp that's come through ceilings. I'm sure there's 101 things that I don't look for that I should. But the other thing that I always, well, I say always, but mostly look at are the windows and try and test as many handles as I can without looking like a complete freak. But that shouldn't shouldn't matter because I just know windows, if you have to replace those, that's one of the most costly things next to the boiler, you know, that you have to do. But I think it's worth a conversation with the solicitor to say, look, this is this is the experience. Do you think we have grounds? And it's a simple conversation where he, he or she says yes or no, and then then you go for it. And I guess one view is you might be worried about being seen as churlish but then i think we shouldn't have to put up with that kind of thing when if people haven't been clear on the on the information that they've been providing us yeah yeah but yeah okay I, I, perhaps i will put together a bit of a list and, and work out the, the costs involved and, and go yeah. back to the system and see it's it's always that equation isn't it is because i get to it and i think no i, I want to you know, and I definitely charge for the waste. And I think the waste removal was two fifty, three hundred pounds. I think for me, being honest, it was more of a principal matter that I just didn't like the fact that that waste had been left, and and that usually is very clear in in the documentation that people will empty their houses and and leave it clear. But then, you know, for, for a situation like this, and you go two hundred pounds, working out your hourly rate for whatever you do, and you say, well, okay, I've got to talk to the solicitor, then I'm going to have to arrange it via the solicitor and then you just say well that's half a day of my time actually should i just move on with my life and that's probably where a lot of us get to yeah yeah right so i think i think we're probably done with with talking about my refurbishment excitement however i will just say that i've taken some some photos and we will share share those on the email newsletter so so if you haven't signed up yet do go and sign up and we'll we'll send those out well at some point probably after this episode so that people have a chance to sign up for it if, if you want to receive those. I think the last thing we're, we're going to try and mention in this episode, Stuart, is that you're you're looking at quite a, a large 27-bed property at the moment. Do you want to tell us a bit more? Yeah, this one has been around for a little while, which is a kind of aligned to our conversation we had last week when we were just talking about properties reducing. Now, this one hasn't reduced. It's a it's a 27-bed student property actually made up of four or five flats and a few studios. But essentially, it's, it's one very large house and one freehold 
that is one very large house, twenty-seven bedrooms. <laughs> it's a really big. It's a, it's one. Of, it's it's a lovely looking house. It is in prime Studentsville, and essentially, I started looking at it because I'm looking to add more rooms into the portfolio just to 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 grow revenues, obviously, for the business. And this one has been around a little while, and and it's one of these where the numbers don't quite work. The the yield as stands is 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 good. It's not quite well. It's probably hovering at around ten percent gross. But uh, I've sort of requested some numbers on that, and this this might be a good one to explore in greater detail on another episode in terms of what I've had to request in terms of rental figures, gross profit, net profit, and understanding room rates. So through my analysis, I've kind of worked out that the the room rates have, have slightly dropped. So what's interesting is in the previous year's academic year, the rent roll was about 10% lower than it is now. And the reason for that is that they've increased a number of weeks so typically students will stay 50 weeks but it could be anywhere from 43 to 50 now what's happened is actually a lot of room rates have lowered but they've increased the number of weeks now that tells me something because i'm in the game of students that tells me that the quality of the property is dropping so actually we've we've kind of falsely inflated the the annual revenues there because we've someone that was paying 110 pounds is now only paying 100 but we've managed to eke another two weeks out of them Okay, so that makes the overall numbers look a little bit better. But what that means for me is that there is opportunity and I've had to start researching the funding for the property, which is over is well over a million pound purchase. And it's just how we do that. Again, I think we can come back and talk about this on, a, on another episode. But what was interesting to me is so if we think about in inverted commas standard process, you know, there were two, two options I've been given to, to purchase this. One was a fixed mortgage at 70% loan to value. The rate was 6.3%. You know, we're talking over seven figures now or around seven figures. However, there was a 5% product fee. And, you know, so we are talking about, you know, I think I worked it out at the time was around 40 odd thousand pounds. Ouch. So, you, you, you know, you have to question yeah it was 45 and a half thousand pounds for the product fee and, and obviously my response to that was well that kills anything dead because essentially that is dead money you know we're just throwing 45 grand at the bank for the privilege which we simply wouldn't do but what i found really interesting so that was a fixed product the two-year variable which uh, we talked about with simon glastonbury on a podcast a few episodes ago which is now looking quite interesting, that was at 75% loan to value. So you get more money. The rate was 4.09. So over two percentage points lower. And there was a 1% product fee. So, Bargain. which yeah, which saves you about £35,000. So, I mean, clearly they don't want you to take the fixed. Okay, that's that's quite bloody obvious. But just made it really interesting. And I mean, we can talk on another episode about, you know, how I'm thinking about funding this and, and the routes we're going to go down. But yeah, so so that at the moment, I haven't even seen the property, but it is of interest. And we're just looking to see if we can make some numbers work. 
yeah i mean we, we are running out of time for this episode but i think there's there's lots of really really interesting stuff there so i think that that can work as a good teaser and we'll we'll dig into that in a in a future episode because I, i'm very intrigued about how you how you fund such a large large purchase and maybe in the future it'll help me with my my castle plans or your car park <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> thank you very much for for listening i do hope that you've you've enjoyed uh, our assorted trials and tribulations through the property world please do sign up to our email newsletter which you can get to from thebusinessofproperty.com there's a, a newsletter link there and we will share resources photos and various other bits and pieces that we we talk about on that email list you can also reach out to contact us directly on at biz of property on twitter and other than that, Stuart and I will talk to you again next week. Bye.